0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jorn Haas. This is one of the big episodes. Uh, Lots of reasons. Uh, One, one of the most definitive game shows of the 1950s. Two, the scandal that became one of the biggest issues in the world of game shows. Three... An updated version in the 2000s at the peak of the big game shows. And four, Mead Jordan Haas pitching a rebooted version for NBC. Welcome to 21, right here on Game Shows, I suppose. So let's get started. Burying White Productions created this really great quiz show that's based on the rules of Blackjack. You have a category, and you get to decide how many points you want that question to be worth. One through 11. The more points it's worth, the harder the question and the more answers you'll need to provide. If you're correct, you get the points. If you're wrong, you don't get the points. Back and forth you will go until one of you either folds or... Until one of you decides to hit 21 and stop the game. That's the easiest way to describe the show. Two contestants, a head-to-head battle in two different isolation booths. That's right. The isolation booth that you remember from game shows long by, 21. They wear headphones. They're not mic'd up. It's basically what you wish debates would become these days. In this exciting game show, they are presented with a category, 1 through 11. One's very brain-dead easy. 11, really, really challenging. If you win, you get the standby, and you get another opponent, but you come at a risk of your money if you wish to continue playing against a new challenger. If you decide to stop playing, You win a good cash prize and we move on with two new players but obviously that game sounds fun for a while and then gets a little sour and then when it gets sour it starts to lose revenue so i mean i i jack barry is a great game show host he's what some would argue one of the most legendary game shows of all time not just because of 21 but things like The Joker's Wild when he returned to game shows in the 1970s but it's the fact that this was a real and I mean real just like $64,000 question back in the day a real big money hit game show so for this episode I just want to say this is game shows 21, the story behind it, the quiz show, the the isolation, the stress, it's definitive game shows. And as much as I want to talk about the game show scandals, I think I only want to glance about it just for a little bit. Because when we're talking the 1950s, and we're talking about this game show, it was huge. Holy cow, the numbers it brought in, the Geritol advertising That came with the show. It was huge. However. Like a game show of these days. of a Ken Jennings. Or a James Holtzauer. When there was a streak. People kept watching the show. And they kept seeing that face. And they were the first to realize. When there's a returning champion. And there's a winning streak. The ratings go up. And. This was a time before standards and practices. So of course, if you realize that there is no regulation and you know that if you need to make sure more people watch your show than any other game show that day and you're up against a few heavy hitters, what do you do? you try and get returning champions as much as you can. Now, originally, they didn't do what you would see with the Quiz Show scandals, they'd become mainstream. They kind of did what would be normal these days because it wouldn't seem rigged. What they would do is they would get ringers, someone who's really smart to knock out the current person and knock them out of the game, so now they're the smart person. And they're the champion in the pretty face. And what they would do is, much like in professional wrestling, they would get jobbers. They would get people who are pretty much idiots to be the contestants on 21, pretty much expecting them to not get a single answer correct or taking slow risk, you know, taking the five or the sixes. And then when the freeze happens, oh, the game is over because they know they're going to lose. So it becomes winning streak after winning streak, after winning streak, to the point of well, because the idea was oh, well they're idiots. I guess I for kind of sc- scrolled over like the the, the actual rules of the show. So they're in isolation booths. They're in f- they're in holding basically. They're in holding areas. They don't know what the other person has picked or the question. And you pick one through eleven. Uh, so you pick one. You know what color is the sky? You pick 11, it is like... The physicist who discovered Kimio Nimbus Clouds is named who? Part 2, what was the theory that he studied in college? And part 3... And that becomes the difficulty of the show. If you're right, you get the points. If you're wrong, you lose the points, much like Jeopardy. And when someone reaches 21... Uh, or they stop the game... After two rounds, much like blackjack, uh, whoever was in the lead was declared the winner. After five rounds, whoever had the most points wins, and the prize payout was five hundred dollars for the point of margin. So if it was twenty-one to like nineteen, well that was two points. He made a thousand bucks. If it was twenty-one to twelve, uh, that would have been nine points, which is four thousand five hundred dollars. And you can decide to walk away with that show or continue playing. You only know a little bit about the Challenger. And if you go on, uh, you basically keep playing, but the money goes over to the opponent and blah, 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 blah. That's the, uh, the gamble of the show. So, I mean, Big Money Game Show, considered $5,000 in the 1950s uh would be jesus christ like you're risking two hundred thousand dollars for a chance to make a million dollars like it's a huge big money game show and of course like oh well we're just gonna step watching the ringers would show up so now it becomes like well you currently have five hundred thousand dollars you're making big money you're here's your fifth champ challenger when we come back And it becomes like, oh, well, see, this isn't rigged. They're just really good, and this is novel players. So then they would get a ringer when eventually the ratings dip because game shows at the time were live. This was not only live out to the airs. This was live with an audience and live with an orchestra. This is a rare... This game show had a fucking orchestra played during the show. You think Millionaire is intense. You think 1,000 Heartbeats is tense with like a string quartet. This had a full-blown fucking orchestra. And that, my friends, was what made this really cool. Even bigger than Name That Tunes Orchestra, by the way. So, as they picked ringers based on the ratings, much like professional wrestling, things started getting a little bit shaky. So then came an audition by Charles Van Doren. If you've seen the movie quiz show, you already know the story of Charles Van Doren. Charles Van Doren would go on to have the biggest winning streak on 21, amass a crap ton of money, become famous because of this, he's super rich. But then they blew the whistle and went, oh, he kind of got fed the answers because he's been talking to the producers of the show before it aired. And most of the time when the producers were chatting with him, it was kind of just like, hey, let me just, like, help you out here. You know, like, if I was to say, like, you know, AU, a chemical symbol for, you know, gold, wouldn't that be fun, right? That's a good chemistry question. And, of course, what would you see? All right, Charles Vendoren. To win the game, AU is the symbol for what element on the periodic table? Like, it becomes... Baffling. So then, because of this quiz show scandal, because they fed the answers to the contestants in advance, because there was no standards and practices at the time, there was a huge-ass lawsuit. This went to Washington, D.C. You just lied to the American audience. You just defamed... An entire country, and the network at the time had no clue what to do. They were kind of going, "Well, this is our biggest hit. What do we do here?" Ugh. And they decided to just throw the production company under the bus, let them feed to the sharks, and go, "We'll do better next time. We will start up standards and practices co-opted by the FCC, who channels the airwaves." And now they have created a standards and practices for the interest of games for all game shows. Since this fucking incident with them rigging the game and people trying to be smart. This would be like if Ken Jennings really wasn't smart, he just read Teleprompter. Or if James Tower just had a chat with the Jeopardy crew for the entirety of his run. Like that is how bad it was. With standards and practices of a modern game show, that cannot happen. I have to tell you this right now. I know this is a Patreon-exclusive episode, but I figure this is the perfect time to do it because this is 21. I am disqualified from being a contestant on pretty much every game show. I, I used to be okay. Like, if this was like five years ago, when I was just about to finish college, no problem. But now... No fucking luck. I have friends who work at Fremont Media directly. I know the executive producers of five different game shows. So I cannot run as a contestant (laughs) because I can just wave and go, oh, hey, John, what's up? Oh, oh, hey, what's, what's up, Josh, what's up? It wouldn't happen. So I can't really do a game show. Why can't I do a game show knowing these people? Well, there's your red flag. I already know the people. So there's already a hint of is this show already rigged? I already know the staff. Now, that doesn't necessarily disqualify me from the show. But what that does mean is Standards and Practices has to put me into a weird room and the executive producer, and we have to sign an affidavit that I have no prior knowledge of the questions in advance, and neither does the executive producers. And that slows down a tape day so badly. You have no idea how bad that is for anybody. If you know a show, I have to stop this. I know that guy, he's my roommate, he's my neighbor. I go to class with him, we attend Zoom meetings together. It, It freezes everything to a halt. And I do mean to a halt they don't do a damn thing. You you like how Price is Right is right now? Guess what they do? Price is Right just runs the show, and they just go with the standards and practices afterwards. Why? Because in their world of standards and practices, they don't have to give you the prize. So you're just there, and you're just having fun, and oh, you can't get the car because turns out you and uh devon uh, are both at the same gym and you both like to do a 410 yoga class so it, it doesn't work you're out if you work at the network you're out does it matter if you work if you work at nbc universal in some capacity you cannot be a contestant on an nbc game show that's how f- that's how screwy it is so If I work at the Sci-Fi Channel, I'm a writer at the Sci-Fi Network, I have a talk show, I'm a contributing comedy writer at Comedy Central, well, that's Viacom. I can't go on any CBS product unless there is specific affidavits. So just so we're clear here, game shows are stringent. And if for some reason... I'm allowed on the show there's a lot of legal there is a whole lot of legal and that's where i understand a lot of people kind of go like wait that's not fair because i hear that all the time and not in the game show fandom in mainline audiences when you see dancing with the stars and it's all celebrities well some of them are in abc shows so they're promoting their abc shows but they have the sign legal that like you are not tampering with Bruno or uh, carry and Antebella's score, for instance. And they have to play it normally because the scoring has a direct impact with the procedure and the leaderboard, blah blah, blah, blah blah. So standards and practices is huge. I'm disqualified from ever being a contestant on Big Brother because I've worked on Big Brother. Same with Minute to Win It because I know every game and I know every secret to every game. I can't even disclose the secrets to the game even in the Minute to Win It episode. I know the secrets. I can't tell you. It sucks. By the way, uh, it's a breathing game so you just gotta... And it works. All right. Uh, (laughs) So... To me, 21 and the quiz Show scandal made game shows, yeah, scary for me to be a contestant, but at the same time, has made it more fair and impartial than a lot of other things. This is, to me, game shows are now treated like sports. You know, a commissioner, uh, what's the rule set like, what's the referees, what is the known ground rules? And this is where I can actually kind of... I feel like I have to do it now. This is the episode to do it. I feel bad because this is 21. I want to get to the next step of 21. But So when you have a game show now, or a reality show with a challenge of some kind, because I work in challenges and game shows as well, you have to explain in vivid detail what the premise is. You have to explain Every round, every consequence, every action, an opposite reaction, and you have to make sure it's quote-unquote fair. All players have an equal chance to win the game, or if not, it is known in advance. So, the three slots on Press Your Luck were randomly chosen before the show, but to earn the spins, you have to buzz in and give a correct answer. If you buzz in and say the correct answer, it's three. If you give a correct multiple choice as it goes down the line, which means second gets second choice, third gets third choice, it's worth one. Ch- then we move on to round one. As the board rotates, the player with the least amount of spins goes first. If it's not, if it's a tie for least amount of spins, this to the left goes first they get to decide if they want to press their luck or pass by pressing their luck the slots will rotate on the board they push the button and it shows what it is then they have to make a decision stop right there and pass the remaining spins to an opponent or not as this is the first player they get to choose because there's a tie but if not it just keeps going from there Whoever has the most money at the end of round one has the advantage of going last in the round two. In round two, it goes by players with the least amount of money instead of spins. Whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins the game and keeps all the cash in print. Like it goes in from there. And that is just a long winded game show try like big brother try Prices right pricing games every single challenge you see on survivor has been approved by standards and practices so every single time it was just rigged because you know there's a person couldn't swim did the swimming challenge against the swim guy like no that was not what it was not just that the the premise that they gave to the standards and practices was the teams chose who did what part of the stage not the not the producers so the fault isn't on the production team it's on the team itself over who went to what station and because of that they also go into like every premise of what each leg of the thing is and what's the weight maximum and the, the, the and they have to approve it And if they approve it, they go on and do the challenge Same with a game show Well, if they push the button and win the money We're okay, we'll push the button win the money That's why on Deal or No There's an independent adjudicator, by the way uh, it, Casey, I forgot to bring that up The reason there's an independent adjudicator on Deal or No Deal Is because the banker is a producer If the producer knows what the money is That defeats the purpose of the game it needs to be fair because it's a battle between an executive producer and the price budget and the contestant itself. So by having an independent adjudicator, neither the producer nor the contestant knows what's in what case. So that lets the negotiation part of Deal or No Deal into something interesting. Now, Standards and Practices has had to get involved in game shows recently, as recently as 2010 with Our Little Genius. I don't know if I talked about this on the fifth grader episode that's coming up, but uh, it's an exciting episode because it talks about standards and practices slightly. So, Outer Little Genius was a Fox game show where contestants had to, basically, kids had to answer like college to PhD level questions to be super smart in astrophysics and math. But the casting producers did exactly like. Twenty one did nineteen fifties. Hi, to let you know in advance, uh, when we mean math, we mean precalculus, and you know things like what is a uh, what is an isosceles triangle, and what's a hypotenuse. You know things like that. Can you just just to remind him because you're going to get questions about hypotenuses and whatever. So that becomes a red flag and they had to pull the plug on the game show. Mark Burnett almost got sued. Fox lost a shitload of money and they had to pull the plug on the game show within four days of air date. Standards and practices are serious. It's one of the main things that I take seriously in the world of game shows. This is why I love talking about formats. This is why I love talking about production because Yeah, it's a fluffy, happy-go-lucky show, but behind all of that is red tape. Behind all of that is serious rules. And someone there is taking it seriously. They don't care what the jokes were by the host. They don't care what the contestant does for a living, as long as what that contestant does for a living is not associated with a fucking team. And that's what makes this show... Work, and that's why ninety percent of game shows I see on the internet fucking suck. Because there is no standards and practices. You are fucking bullshitting with your friends. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, that was fun. Now I can talk about mori Povich. So we're at the height of of million dollar game show mania of the early two thousands. Yes, you have your wonderful world of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Greed. Uh, it's your chance of a lifetime winning lines and with the case of nbc weakest link and 21 21 got rebooted as a million dollar game show because of course you would it's a million dollar game show and well originally the concept was that if you uh, win the game you advance and you go up a money ladder and then you play Perfect 21 and blah, 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 blah. But this time around, instead of answering a multi-part questions and the tougher it gets and, and it's no multiple choice, this game, it's all multiple choice. It's just the amount of multiple choice questions determines based on 1 through 11. So it follows the original format of 1, 2, 3, run through 11, here's your category, and you're in your isolation booths. There's still an orchestra, by the way. And it's with a modern like LED widescreen television display. Everything is fancy fun. And Maury explains the questions. And if you win the game, you get $100,000. But unlike the original 21 where you lose points for a wrong answer, in this game, if you get three strikes, you're out of the game. If you freeze, you are out of the game but your opponent can keep answering questions to try and beat your score unaware of what your total is. If you both match, well, obviously by freezing first, you win the game. If it's a if it's like 21-21, first to freeze wins. That's how they did it. And if you're wrong, you get a strike. 3 strikes, the game ends you automatically lose. It doesn't matter how many points you get, you get nothing. Once in the game, you get a helping hand, a second chance. And that is you bring a friend along, they walk out to the podium and they give you their advice on what the answer is. That's so it's like a walking phone or friend. We're not calling them up. We're just bringing them on stage. Hey, who won the Super Bowl this year? Okay, New York Jets. And that's it. If both contestants uh, screw up, well, of course, they both get strikes. But we keep playing. Game one's for $100,000. Game two's for $200,000. Game three's for 300000 Game four's for 400000 And every game they're at, there is worth $400,000. Meaning, they can win a million dollars. Yay! When they realized that didn't work, they changed the the flooring so it's twenty five thousand and fifty, then a hundred quarter million, five hundred thousand, seven fifty, and a million per game afterwards, making it the richest game show ever made. But it was never, ever really reached. So if you lost the game. A thousand dollars. There was no points, and the scoring system was kind of weird. And like, it didn't matter if you won your first game, you get 25,000, but if you won your game, it was a hundred thousand. It just felt like, uh, I don't know it's, it's, what's the best way to describe it. It, it felt unneutral it didn't feel neutral in any way because it became much like what was the caveat with the original game you wanted to see the returning champion win as much money as possible because they get more and more as the game progresses and uh if you won seven games you get two and a half million dollars and that was it uh as before any contestant be a seven points started from the beginning of the chain. Oh, so you just loop it. Oh. I I didn't know you looped it. Wow, this is new to me. Apparently it's not every game's four hundred thousand thereafter. It's just a chain. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. That's awkward. Why would you make a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar chain like that then? Wanna uh, never mind. That that's a stupid idea. But the contestants, originally, you got to have the audience pick the next opponent. Uh, all right. Uh, and in Perfect 21s, you get six true-false questions in a category with one point uh, and then going to six. After incorrect answer, the champion could stop playing and receive $10,000 per point. An incorrect answer in the round forfeited the money. Answering all six questions, one $210,000 bonus. Uh huh. What? But that would not make sense to risk, because you risk ten thousand for thirty thousand, but then it becomes double or nothing for sixty thousand. Would you risk sixty for a hundred, and then would you risk a hundred for one fifty, and then one fifty risk one hundred fifty thousand dollars for two ten? That does not really gel well as a as structure. It's a perfect twenty one. Doesn't really seem like a fitting find around even if it's true false it doesn't work uh the biggest winner of the first payoff structure the one two three four hundred thousand was raheem who won one million one hundred twenty thousand dollars which was the all-time game show winnings record at the time of the show airing over four victories and i'm guessing walking away at a few perfect 21s three of which was because the opponent struck out david leaguer won one point 765 over six wins with the new payout structure was the top winner of American Games show history until 2001. He is now the eighth highest winner. All right, let's look at the game show winner records. So Ken Jennings with five million, uh, Brad Rutter, second place, James Holtz third place, Andrew Kravitz, 2.6, then Kevin olmstead 2.1. Oh, that's right. Andrew Kravis from Million Second Quiz. Remember that show? They gave away two point six million dollars because they couldn't win the biggest cash prize in game show history. And Townett won millionaire. And then you had uh, Ashley Register, and that was Duel. Remember Duel? We talked about that. Uh, yeah, then David Leaguer on Twenty One. That's that's it. That's uh. <laughs> wow, that's that's. Uh, Interesting. That's an interesting fact. All right. So, povich was a good host. I will actually go as far as say he actually was a good host on the show. They showed like a whole bunch of money because I guess big money game show you had to flaunt the cash. I thought that was really hokey. I thought the music playing was fun. I love the soundtrack to this new Twenty One. I just think what they did was they just screwed up the premise of Twenty One. That's all they i mean like i get the idea of of the you need a bonus round i guess to me you don't it's 21 i think the problem is the way they handle it as blackjack and not as a real perfect head-to-head competition of wits if that makes sense uh but maury was good the the questions were like a b c d e or f Uh, and just was fantastic. I, I mean, I get it. It was like the more answers made it challenging, I guess. And no, it worked. I I enjoyed it, but, um, it just, it just didn't work. So to me, I I think the big money game show could have worked. I think maybe the problem was you didn't take the original precaution. Maybe you should have done it like the margin of error times 10,000 instead of five hundred. So that way it became like, oh, it was 21 to 18, that's three points, you won $30,000. And you keep the game going and make returning champions matter, just like it did in the olden days. But oh well, that does not matter to me. What matters to me is the fact that this is a cultural touchstone of American game shows. Yes, it did have a shady pass, and it didn't really have a bright reboot, but considering where we are with game shows considering what's happening in the world of COVID and considering the lack of NBC having a big money game show to call its own, I'm making the call to action to bring back 21 yet again. Yeah, weakest links coming back, but this is their big money game show. This is the game show that made $64,000 question feel a little off in the world of wants to be a millionaire. This was the duel of the time. And it's still a very exciting format I wanna see revived. So now I get to explain my attempt at a reboot. Hello, so I have made this idea of a reboot for about two years now. And to me, I think the reason it doesn't work so well is because A, it's never fair for the contestants. You're always rooting for one person over the other. One has a chance to win a million dollars. He only has a chance to win like 500 bucks. Difference of error is only a few thousand or whatever. doesn't make sense to me. None of that makes sense. And that's why I had my proposed version of 21 B instead of poker themed where it's one through 11. 21 is the top score you can get. It's still 21, but now we're playing with attempt with seven rounds of play. Here's how my version works. It still plays like the original 21 you know and love. Two contestants, head to head, in isolation chambers. Headphones, on the air, all of that good stuff. However, instead of a category, and then you choose between one through 11, you get a category, one, two, or three points. Easy, medium, expert. It's one, two, or three points for a one, two, or three-part question. And that's essentially the challenge of the game. So easy is the easiest questions you can ever imagine on a quiz show. We're talking blatantly obvious. Round level two is a normal general knowledge question in that subject that kind of is already related to the bare minimum easy question and then level three is an expert tier question and this is the ones that are like the sixty four thousand dollars on millionaire or something else completely each contestant gets the same category the same three questions but because they're isolated they don't really know so you're both going to, you're, no matter what, going to hear them answer the same ridiculously easy question for one point. But rather not, they have the bravery to go for two points or three points is already at the start of their round. Do you want to go for one, two, or three points? And then it's like, Alaska. And then who's the current governor of Alaska? And then what is the biggest mountain in Alaska? Something like that is definitely like one of the, the three questions you would see in this new version of 21. They have to answer in order. So they can't unlock the expert question until they get the easy and then the medium one right. Just like how if they go for two points, they have to get the easy before they get the medium question right. So there's 21 questions in their game with seven rounds of play. If they decide to go for medium or hard and they get the first one right, but they get part two wrong or part three wrong... It's considered a wrong altogether, and they score zero points. Just like if you went for the bare minimum easy and you got it wrong, zero points. So you have to make a huge decision at the start of the category idea. So if I say like it's TV, well, how much do you know about television? Do you want to know a little bit or do you want to know a lot? And it becomes this sort of a confidence game. Because that's what 21 is supposed to be. Trivia with confidence. And because of the scoring system being either 0, 1, 2, or 3 points per round, multiply that by 7, you can get up to 21 points in a single game. There is no strikes. There is no you lose points. It's 0, 1, 2, or 3. The reason it is, because to me, that makes it a close scoring game. You don't really know who's going to win the game till the final rounds. Rounds 5, 6, and 7. When there could be a blow away or it could be a one-point difference. Reason I want to see a one-point difference? Simply put, I'm inspired by basketball rules. I am inspired by sports. This is a head-to-head game that if you know right now after two rounds the score is 4-5, to five, you're going to keep watching the next act because it's a one point difference. Ooh, this is close. That one point difference makes all the difference in the world of game shows, just like it does sports. So, if someone blows it in round three and gets zero points, oh no, now they can catch up and they got two points. And now they overtaken the lead. And now it's uh, six to five. That makes for a gripping television. And that's where I'm leaning towards. Now, of course, there is an incentive. If you are really challenging and really smart and you decide to go three points through all seven rounds, that's the full 21 points, and you achieve it, you win the grand prize. Because if you noticed, I haven't yet said what the grand prize is. Whatever is your winning score, we multiply by $5,000. And that is what you're going home with. So if you won with 15 points, you won $75,000. If you won with 12 points, that's $60,000. You won 20 points, $100,000. You got the perfect 21, a quarter of a million dollars. And because this is a game show about returning champions... They then get to stay in the box and they go against a new returning champ where it goes against a new challenger where they can continue their streak and continue building that bank and maybe they'll get another 60,000, another 40,000, another 80,000 and it just keeps stacking and stacking and stacking and that is how the game is played because if it's done fast enough you can get through three games in the course of an hour. If you're really smart, you can make the syndicated and make it 20 minutes with one game at a rate of $1,000 a point. A perfect 21s, $50,000, and they're still returning champions. Because that is what the show should be. It needs to be an enticing, dramatic, luck—not even a luck-based game show. It's skill and confidence. It needs to be about how sure you are about a category how confident you are in the subject. Do you know a little bit, a lot, or just a little bit around the middle to go all the way? Because on average, you might get 14 points, which is what I'm aiming towards. You win with like 12, you win with 13, you aim with 14, because $70,000 is not that bad of a payout. But, you know, maybe you, you took the risk and you're getting higher numbers or maybe it's a blow away and the guy you had is a dud. And that doesn't mean that the game is out because that means when there's a blowaway match and somebody is just screwing up royally and scoring zero, you can still watch the show because the person in the other chamber could still accumulate money. So now it becomes more like millionaire. Do you want 5,000, 10,000, or 15,000? And that also makes it an enticing way to watch the show. The third option is if they both suck, it becomes funny because it's a scoreless run. And that adds to comedy because they don't know what the other one did. And that adds to the game. So, it's a nice cerebral two box prisoner's dilemma confidence challenge with somebody else in trivia where you both get the same questions. It works. There's no multiple choice. It brings back the three part questions, but in a new revived way where it's slowly but surely more challenging with each passing question. And you still got an orchestra. <laughs> Why not? It works. I'm telling you it works. Because you don't need that many people in the audience. You don't need that many people in the studio. It's a big money game show. And with a returning champion, hey, everything's fine. So because you get through seven questions, you don't end the show early. You have enough to stretch the game out slightly that it's not just two questions and then oh we're done. No. You're The game goes on for at least seven questions per player, making it 14, which makes it reasonable. That's all. There is no bonus round. You just, you won. You have won $80,000. We'll see you uh, next against so-and-so as you can continue building your pot like Jeopardy. Because that's all it needs to be done. Uh, you can bring back the audience vote, you can have ringers if you want to really go into the old school vault library, but you don't need to do anything different. All you need to do is just find decent people and then have them answer questions about pop culture, that's about it, or the news, or sports, or geography, or math, or animals. Uh... (laughs) Just go wild with this show because it works. And to me, it's one of the most frustrating things to have seen time and time again. It's like, you read about, oh, they're bringing back You Bet Your Life, but not 21. It just needs a slight retooling of seven rounds with three questions. There's no freezing. There's no strikes just seven rounds of play one two or three for one two or three points and you just keep going that's it because when someone gets 21 oh wow someone got a perfect 21 that's great and it means something and of course there's gonna be people who want to play at home and they want to know what that expert question is and you can of course a little, like, hey, join us after the show to find out the expert questions, the tough questions they couldn't answer on 21. Have some extra content with that. I'm telling it, it's easy. It's really one of the simplest formats to understand. If you want to bring back Maury, go right ahead. But it works. I'm telling you it works. It's such a fun game show. Yes, when you understand it's rigged, it's heartbreaking. But it's now created one of the best parts of the game show world. And it reminds me when I was a college student and I learned about the game show scandals, even though I've already known about the game show scandals, and one of my friends, it was not a friend, it was like a you know classmate, going, uh, my friend won a refrigerator and the price is right. Is that rigged? And he was serious. And everyone around me who knows game shows looked at me with the biggest shitting grin because they know... This guy's going to have a meltdown. I didn't. I just went, God damn it, you fucking idiot. We have stands and practices now for a reason. Anyway, 21. A great quiz show. A great head-to-head game show. A great battle of wits. A confidence game that's disguised as a big money quiz show. That's all it needs to be. And the people NBC couldn't figure it out, and I don't think a lot of people have kind of figured it out either. Of course, by doing this whole seven-round thing, you know, purists are going to be like, where's the 1 through 11 question? No, you just need the booths and three-part questions. That's it. We're in a modern world here. You win four games, you get a quarter million dollars. Isn't that fun? But most likely, you're only going to get like 50 grand, so what difference does it make? Anyway, this has been another exciting episode of Game Shows, I suppose. I have rambled on way too long, about 21. For more information about Charles Van Doren and the Quiz Show Scandals, please check out Quiz Show or just look it up online. Really, it's not that hard anymore. Until next time, have a great night and big smooch! Mwah!